Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another riveting episode of the J&J NY Baseball Show. Jamie and Josh here, and uh, told you we'd be back. Uh, you know, vacation happened, and you know, two episodes in a week now. So uh, we're going to kick it off with the Yankees this week, uh, then bring it back to some Mets. Still, both teams in the hunt for the, for the, for the postseason. So, Josh, start it off with the Yankees. Thanks very much, Jamie. Great to be back with everybody. And it's been another interesting weekend for the Yankees. Um, again, a little bit of their Jekyll and Hyde season. They show some brilliance on the first half of the weekend, and then they just get demolished by the Dodgers last night. Very, very unsatisfactory loss. No loss is satisfactory. But, alas, the Yankees have two more against the Dodgers. They're only two games out of the second wild card spot in the American League. So they're very, very, very much in the thick of things, which leads me to the MVP for the week. And I'm going to give that to Joe Girardi. Uh, Girardi has once again proven that he really knows how to work with younger players and he knows how to get the most out of them. I think the biggest thing to remember is that when he was the manager back in 2006 in Florida, when they were known as the Florida Marlins back in the day, with the nice fish on their on their hat, the old school logo. The old yeah. school logo, which means that we're getting old. If that's the old school logo, yeah. but they um. Well, they're a young team, regardless. But absolutely. But I digress. But they um they were in the hunt for most of the season with a team of relatively young unknowns back then. It was like Jeremy Heredia, uh, Hermedia, excuse me, Jeremy Hermedia, uh, Hanley Ramirez when he was the shortstop, Doncho Willis when he was the D train. Um, and, a, and a few others, but truly a team, Josh Willingham, truly a team uh, of nobodies at that point, and they were in the wild card hunt for a very long point in the season. Brings us to this season where the Yankees get some of the dinosaur players off their team. Yeah, they call up some of the younger guys, and all of a sudden they're making some some noise making in the Bronx. Some noise and being competitive, absolutely. I mean, Tyler Austin, for instance, was struggling a little bit. He came up last week. The guy batted like 300. You still have the veteran presence, though. Obviously, the Brett Gardner, Brian McCann, Yes, but I think the difference with the veteran presence that the Yankees have now is that the veterans are Ellsbury, McCann, and Gardner, who are still 32, 33. They're in their edge of their primes. They're not 39-year-old Carlos Beltran, who was having a good year, but at a certain point, your luck's got to run out. Or... 41-year-old Alex Rodriguez who right. was hitting ground balls in batting practice. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's, that's not successful. You know, the Yankees got rid of a, a fifth of their opening day roster Starting without Chapman. Line. I know Chapman yeah. wasn't on the team suspension, whatever, Tech, but the point is, the point is the Yankees are much better now. They look much better now. They're actually fun to watch. It's not like watching molasses. They look good, and the team... Is, is right there. They're two games behind Baltimore for the second wild card spot. Detroit is a game in front of them. I mean, this is it. This is what they pay them the big bucks for. Although I know some of the guys aren't getting paid a lot of money because they're new. Still the point. The Yankees are right in the thick of things. And it's all due to Joe Girardi for keeping the team believers, allowing them to believe in themselves, not quitting on the season when they traded their big guns. And really allowing these kids to play. I mean, Gary Sanchez, I'll talk about him in a minute. He's had a phenomenal year. Aaron Judge hit a ball last night, 436 feet. I mean, he hit the ball 
so far and so quickly that if he ever hits consistently in the majors, he's going to be better than Mike Stanton. Wow. Or Giancarlo Stanton. Excuse me. I know it's not Mike Stanton. I know it's Giancarlo. Mike Stanton, yeah. Back in – he was Mike with the old fish logo. Well, he could definitely have better but, statistics than Giancarlo because he he can't stay healthy for a full season. But, you know, I think the Yankees right now look very good. It's It's – it's heartwarming as a Yankees fan. So that is that for the MVP. And for the LVP, I'm going to give it to last night's game. Um, it was just a clunker. And it's one of those games that now it's out of our system as, as a collective group, myself included, because fans are part of the team. Just time to let that one go. So that's that for the Yankees. And I will toss it over to Jamie Futterman to talk about some Mets baseball. All right. Let's talk Mets. And... You know, still in the thick of it. Not only in the thick of it, we own a wild card spot now. Barely, uh, but you still own it. And it's better to barely own it than to not barely own it. Hey, if the season ends today... I understand. I'm not, I would love that. You know, sign me up for that. I would, you know, love for the season to be over. We'd be on our way out to San Francisco to play the Giants. But again, I maintain... You'd be on your way out to Chicago because you're going to beat the Giants. The Giants have been horrible for the last two months. And that's why I'm saying I maintain that the Mets are going to overtake the Giants and get wild card one uh, just because how good the Mets have been playing of late and because of the mediocrity of the teams uh, that we are playing, except for the Nationals. We're in the midst of a National Series right now. Uh, Big game tonight for sure. Mets lost last night, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Another clunker. Yeah, bad, bad loss um, to a good Nationals team, of course. But big game tonight. Noah Syndergaard's on the mound. No question about it. He's got to be our ace. He's got to show up and go at least six, hopefully seven strong innings. Let the bullpen rest a little bit after uh, last night's clunker and uh, go from there. You know, I think the main thing to remember is that while every game at this point of the season is a must-win, when and, ace, and winnable. When your ace is on the mound, more so those games are must-wins. Because if you're not winning for your ace, then who are you going to win for? If the guy goes out there and he gives you six innings of one-run ball, you've got to score two or more runs. It's just a fact. So we'll see. Absolutely. you gotta you got to score for him, especially because the Mets are, pit, are playing against. It's not like they're going up against... Steven Strasburg, obviously he's hurt. It's not like they're going up against Max Scherzer tonight. They're going up against a guy named A.J. Cole, who looked very good the last time he played the Mets. But hopefully we, uh, we figured him out tonight. Um, or we will figure him out tonight. Let's talk about my MVP. It's going to be the one, the only, Ioannis Cespedes. The O Show. He is unbelievable. I want this guy on my team forever. You know, imagine we should much- sign him for as long as he wants. We should sign him for as much money as he wants. Let's get this guy locked up because there is nobody like him. Two comments. The first is imagine how much better he would be if he didn't play golf every day. All right. The second is the Mets really want to re-sign Cespedes. Why? Because they signed Tim Tebow to an enormous contract relative to Tebow's ability. Why? Because Tim Tebow and Yohannes Cespedes share an agent. Yeah, it might be uh, might be buttering up their agent. They are buttering him up. And you know who else shares that agent? Who's that? DeGrom. DeGrom? And Syndergaard. Buttering them up too because we're going to need to sign butter. them for There's sure. There's a lot of butter. Absolutely. So the reason why Cespedes is my MVP is just in the last week alone, three home runs, 11 RBIs. Enough said. It's pretty I mean, week. he's just driving in runs. Nobody's even coming close to driving in as many runs as he is. Um, He's out there not scoring. 
but they're still winning. Oh, that's all I'll take do. that. Um, and I'd also like to, to have a quick mention of Curtis Granderson. Now, Terry Collins, about two weeks ago or so, finally did something for Curtis instead of put, sitting him on the bench. And what he did was move him out of the leadoff spot, plug Jose Reyes in there full-time, and move Curtis Granderson to the middle of the order. Most recently, he's been batting cleanup and been, you know, he's been cold all season. So anything is a, is a, uh, is a positive, it's an improvement. But he's also had three home runs and five RBIs in the last week. But isn't that funny, though? He was cold all season, but he, he had, like, 22 home runs and, like, 38 RBIs because he right, was because, having leadoff home runs. I mean, because he's got the power, but right, he's, he's right. had solo base, home runs. Right, because yeah. you have Bartolo batting in front of you, and with respect to Bartolo, he's not hitting home runs every time up. Right. He's not getting on base every time So up. to have a middle of the lineup of Ioannis Cespedes, Curtis Granderson, Jay Bruce... And then, you know, somebody else, depending on the night, it's either Wilmer Flores, maybe, um, maybe Kelly Johnson, who's been unbelievable. Um, you know, the list could go on, and I think it's great uh, the way that the Mets have their offense going right now. Um, as far as my LVP goes, it's, uh, it's going to be one of our pitchers, and he's actually today been booted from the rotation, uh, Rafael Montero. Uh, Terry Collins has removed him from the rotation after last night's start. He, uh, he lost the game against the Washington Nationals. He pitched 1.2 innings pitched. Um, six, six runs, I believe, he let up and uh, walked, I think, four people, again, in 1.2 innings. So this guy is not, has not been giving us a chance to win. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it was pure luck that his – for his previous two starts, the Mets won. The Mets won just because they out they out offense the other team. But last night, Mets couldn't get it done. One point two innings pitched, and Rafael Montero has been booted from the from the rotation. Now my question and my, and my big concern is who's going to replace him? I don't think Steven Matz or Jacob Degrom are ready to come back. However, I did read a report today on MetsBlog.com that there is talk about. You know, bringing both DeGrom and, and Matts back and having them piggyback on each other in one start, letting Steve and Matts go out there for a little bit, then bringing DeGrom in in the bullpen, and hopefully that'll equal six or seven innings, um, you know, saving their arms a little bit, saving their energy, and not risking further injury. You can afford that when the team has a 40-man roster. Well, that's for, no, that's for sure. Absolutely right but now, if that doesn't work... I don't know what the other alternative is. I mean, there's a guy pitching out of the bullpen who's, who's a starter all, all year in the minors named Gabriel Enoa. Uh, but he's, yeah, I mean, he, but from what we've seen, he hasn't looked too great. <laughs> uh, Logan Verrett, no thank you. You know, I mean, worst case scenario, maybe we literally have a bullpen the entire game. You know, here comes Sean Gilmartin, Sean Gilmartin. for an inning or two, Hansel Robles for an inning or two. Um, you know, Logan Verrett for an inning or two, and next thing we know, that's nine innings. So uh, maybe that's the answer. I don't know. That's why Terry Collins is the coach and I'm not. But Rafael Montero, time and time again, has come out and pitched poorly, not just this season but years past. Um, and that's why he's my LVP uh, for this week. So back to Gary Sanchez for one minute. I know I mentioned we would talk about him a little bit earlier. My question to you, Mr. Futterman. 
There was an article on Yankees.com said that Gary Sanchez is meriting serious AL Rookie of the Year consideration. Would you give him the Rookie of the Year? If so, why? And if not, who would get the American League Rookie of the Year? So, I think it's hard to say that he deserves the Rookie of the Year because we're looking at his stats, and he's only played in 34 games this season. Now, I'm, you know... I see where you're coming from because as a Mets fan, I had these same thoughts, not for Rookie of the Year, but for MVP for Yoan Cespedes last year. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't obviously didn't win. He did win a, a Gold Glove Award, but that was actually with the, with the, right. with the, with the Tigers. He, right. Yeah. But I do see what you're saying, and certainly that's a biased opinion on me. If you think Gary Sanchez would want the rookie, deserves the rookie year, that's certainly a biased opinion on you. But I see where you're coming from because, by definition, Yoannis Cespedes, I thought, was the most valuable player to one of the best teams, if not the best team in the National League last year. Mm-hmm. Now, by definition here, we're talking about rookie of the year. Full right. year. No, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I agree with everything that you said. And this is the, the tricky part of the American League Rookie of the Year. The precedent's been set that there have been rookies of the year who have not played full seasons. Will Myers, I think, played 88 games. I know that was half a season. He won Rookie of the Year in 2013, I believe, for Tampa Bay. But if you look at the other people, the other players who might win the Rookie of the Year, you have Michael Fulmer in Detroit, who's been the front runner most of the year. He's gone 10-6. He's, He's been great. Ex-Met. Right. Who do we have? We have Nomar Mazzara, who's also had a good year, 270 with 17 home runs, 57 RBIs. Tyler Naquin, who's really been sturdy in the outfield for Cleveland, is batting 304 with 14 home runs, 42 RBIs. And then yeah, Max Kepler's got 16 home runs, 59 RBIs. He's batting 238, 240. Tim Anderson doesn't have the production, but he's batting 281. I mean, it's really so, these, thin pickings. Thin I, think pickings. We, I think we removed Max Kepler and we removed Tim Anderson. I agree. All the people that we're talking about, Gary Sanchez included, so we're talking about Gary Sanchez – Talking about Michael Fulmer, Tyler Naquin, and, and Nomar. Nomar Mazzara. Another Nomar. Um, these are all players on teams that are, if not gu- guaranteed to make the playoffs, that are, but are in contention to make the playoffs. So, I think rookie, the, this rookie of the year could very well come down to if if their team makes the playoffs or not. I, Do the Tigers make the playoffs? Michael Fulmer is going to be a big part of that. If the Yankees make the playoffs, Gary Sanchez. Going to be a big part of that, and they, that might help sway some votes. I think right now, Gary Sanchez, in order to merit serious consideration, needs to keep his batting line up. In other words, he needs to bat in the 330s. He really needs to bat in the 330s. He also needs to hit about 20 home runs to get up to 40, 45 RBIs, which is definitely doable, especially considering that they're playing in American League parks and you know, Toronto, Boston, Baltimore and Yankee Stadium are all very hitter friendly, um, you know. And I, and I think right now, and if if he put, ends up the season with those kind of stats again, the, twenty the, home the, runs, then, 40, then, 45 I mean, then RBIs. that's serious consideration. Considering Tyler Naquin at fourteen, you know, t- Gary Sanchez is one less home run than Tyler Naquin. You know, his RBIs got forty two RBIs. Norma Mazar has had a pretty good year, um, you know, with the numbers, but he's batting two seventy, and his defense isn't as good as Gary Sanchez's comparatively. Right. It'll be interesting to say. And if he puts up these stats, let's be real, the Yankees might might make the playoffs. If he puts up those stats, the Yankees are knocking Michael Fulmer out of the playoffs. Let's hope so. So, 
We'll do a quick trip around the majors. Um, we're going to start with some news out of Pittsburgh. So this affects the Mets? Vaguely. I mean, I think Pittsburgh was pretty much out of it for a few weeks now. Oh, goodbye, Pittsburgh. Um, but Pittsburgh today put Garrett Cole, their ace starting pitcher, on the 60-day DL, shut him down for the season. Um, this affects actually my fantasy team too. I got to drop Garrett Cole tonight and find a find a last minute replacement for the rest of the season for the playoff push. Um, it's pretty big round, loss. round pretty one of the playoffs loss. tonight. Yeah, it starts tonight. Good so luck. that's tough. Um, but Garrett Cole out for the rest of the season. Hopefully he can come back nice and healthy next year for a resurgent Pittsburgh squad. Um, but this looks like one less team that the Mets have to worry about. Um, and it really, it's a three-legged race now between the Mets, the Cardinals, and the Giants. Um, and we, we talked about a legend last week. His name was Vin Scully. It was just announced today that Vin Scully would not call any postseason games should. Now, it's not really a should. It's when the Dodgers make the playoffs. His last broadcast will be on October 2nd. Um, and that's actually quite sad because Vin Scully um, has been broadcasting baseball longer than we've been alive combined, longer than most of our, our listeners have been alive. But he, he's, he is as much baseball history as whatever happens in this postseason will be of baseball history. And I think just as Craig Sager in the NBA was able to, to be a sideline reporter for a game on ESPN, even though he works for TNT, he had never called an NBA Finals game in his career. Right. I think Fox or whoever, TNT, TBS, whatever, it's on TBS and they broadcast them on TNT, but whoever's in charge of making these decisions about who's broadcasting the games needs to find a way to get Vin Scully to broadcast the Dodger games. It just needs to happen. That would be a treat for baseball fans around the world. Absolutely. That would be an absolute treat for a nationally broadcasted game to get Vin Scully one last hurrah. You know, that, that would be amazing. And I'm not even saying he has to do the simulcast where he does the three innings on the radio and the whole game by himself. You know, for the Dodgers, he doesn't even have to do it by himself. He can do it with Ernie Johnson and Cal Ripken and John Smoltz and whoever else they have up there. Like, that's totally fine. He just needs to be in the broadcast booth. He needs to be able to broadcast the game. It just needs to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be the ultimate thank you to one of the, if not the greatest, baseball figures ever. You nailed it on the head there, Josh. So You killed it. Well, I think we should stop while we're ahead. Yeah. Um, Let us know your thoughts at nybaseballshow at gmail.com. We'd love to hear them. Uh, We are on... Twitter and the Facebook. Uh, let us know your thoughts there as well. And please, 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 if there's anything we can do to make your baseball New York lives more entertaining, let us know. We'd love to get some thoughts on the air next week. Again, nybaseballshow at gmail.com. And we will look forward to chatting it up with you guys again from the J&J page next week. Take care, everyone. Let's go, Mets.